What if you were the living embodiment of all pervasive peace? What if all sentient beings all around you increase their vibration towards harmony by merely being in your contact? What if through conscious reasoning, focused will, and intentional living, you reform yourself? thereby becoming a catalyst in sparking transformation in others. I'm Shilpa Lewis, meditation, mindset, and mindfulness coach for midlife mompreneurs, and you are listening to Omnipresent Awareness, the podcast that will inspire you to use your story to serve humanity, in not just healing, but thriving as souls, each fulfilling their highest purpose. Namaste. Thanks for tuning in to Omnipresent Awareness. This is your host, Shilpa Lewis, and welcome back. Okay, so I'm running a little challenge as I'm trying to get more people to discover this podcast and the conversations that inspire those who value personal growth. And the best way to do that is to leave reviews. You can leave a review on Spotify, Google Podcast, or Apple Podcast. So here's a little request from me to you. If you feel like you have received any value at all from these episodes, then please write a little review and take a screenshot of your review. Once you've done that, email that screenshot to me at omnimindfulness at gmail.com. Once I get your screenshot, you will receive one of my infographics, Spark Your Meditation Practice Through Sankalpa. Sankalpa is the Sanskrit word for intention setting. Along with this, you will receive a link to my guided meditation where you can daily practice intention setting with some inspirational music and breath work. This infographic, along with the guided meditation, is guaranteed to have you start your practice for meditation with a spark. It is my gift for you for being a listener, being a supporter, and of course, for you to be able to manifest the best meditation practice. So thank you for showing up, listening, and being inspired, and most importantly, taking action. I appreciate you. So again, please don't forget to take a screenshot of your review and send it to omnimindfulness at gmail.com and I will send you that infographic and the link to the guided meditation. And now, a conversation recorded with my partner in awareness, Tanya, from our joint podcast, Mindful Mompreneur Moments. And oh yeah, if you could, please listen to the very end of the podcast for powerful insights from our guest. Thank you. And next up, Swati Patel Mangat, triumphant school teacher extraordinaire. Swati studied economics in college, and after graduating in 1993, she worked as an investment advisor trading stocks and bonds. She also filed payroll taxes for national corporations. She aimed to provide the best service for her clients, cultivate positive relationships, and work with teams to streamline processes. During this period, Swati would get married and give birth to two beautiful girls. And around this time, she chose to become a stay-at-home mom. 
As a hands-on mom with her daughter's reading and scholastics, Swati discovered she had a natural love for children and teaching. As her daughters got a little bit older and with other life challenges, she was faced with the need to return back to work. As she considered her options as her career path, she felt a new calling. She realized she longed for a more meaningful career where she could continue being with children and the ability to teach. So Swati decided to pursue her teaching credentials. With a great amount of determination, Swati earned her teaching credential and landed her dream job in 2014. She went on to earn a gifted and talented education, GATE certification, and was able to land her dream job of teaching gifted children. A few years later, she was awarded Teacher of the Year by her colleagues. During the pandemic, Swati taught online and also went into the classroom to teach in person. This difficult time solidified her belief that helping children develop not only their academic abilities, but also mindfulness and social skills was what she was meant to do. Swati believes that discipline, mindfulness, and positivity are the keys to a balanced life. She also knows that there is always a shining light waiting for her after a difficult time has passed and that anything worth doing will be challenging. She takes time to care for herself, her family, her friends, and her students. She forgives herself for mistakes, and she looks for lessons and ways to improve every single day. She loves the quote, mistakes are proof that you are trying. And now stay tuned for Swati's story. When- Hey, Swati, thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, we are honored to have you, Swati. Thank you. So we'll dive right in with our first question. Swati, please share with us your journey. Um, Maybe you can even start with your career as an accountant um, or that leading to the path of being a stay-at-home mom. From where you started to your current second act as a school teacher. Okay, well, you know, I I guess I have to take it a little farther back when I was in high school, I found my calling as a chemist, and I absolutely loved it and went into college with the idea that I would be a chemist and, um, but that didn't pan out I just couldn't connect with the curriculum and I tried so I had to change paths and I got into economics which I totally loved also loved that in high school and graduated with an econ degree and a minor in management and started doing um, different work, worked in the investment field, worked uh, filing taxes for um, national corporations. And I did that and that was um, great until (laughs) it got to be a really um, difficult workload. I still love the work, but it was just very difficult. And then I eventually, after almost four years of doing the taxes, I left that job settled for something just kind of to, I don't know, take a break. (laughs) And um, then I just kind of took a break until I had my my daughter, which was in 2001. And um, the plan was that I would be a stay-at-home mom. And that was always the plan. And I was a stay-at-home mom, which um, anyone who is a stay-at-home mom knows how difficult and challenging that is. And I I loved it and it was great to have that time with my kids, 
but then um, my path took a turn when I was in the middle of a divorce and um, the other party um, insisted that I go back to work. And I had two little kids. My younger one was not even, she was in preschool. And the other one was, I think about, I guess, kindergarten. And I don't have any family up here. And I thought, well, you know, I don't want, I did not want my kids in daycare. I mean, that was just a personal choice. Many people send their kids to daycare. But for me, I just really couldn't see the benefit of going into work and taking care of my kids with no family around, no support system. So I, you know, was talking to my lawyer and because the other side was really pushing me to go to work and start earning income and, you know, you should get a job and you're qualified and you have a bachelor's degree and this and that. And my main thing was, what about the kids, you know? And so my lawyer said, well, what, you know, what did you do in the past? And I told her and she said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I always wanted to be a teacher. And that was even in um, college. But when I found out about, you know, I had five years of college and then I thought, oh my gosh, the teaching um, program is another two years and I just couldn't do it. It was just too much, too much stress. And I just want to be done with college and making money. So I said, okay, let me look into that. And I looked into programs. I found one that was going to be night school and I applied for that and got accepted through Sacramento State, but due to low enrollment, they canceled it. And so I did an online program. So I had my kids uh, basically Monday to Thursday and I would, um, you know, take care of them, take them to school, help them with homework, dinner, get them to bed. And then I would study in the evening. And because when, you know, preschool is only a couple hours a day, kindergarten is only three hours a day. So there's no time, as you know, if you have little children, there's no time when they're gone to school to actually do work you're busy doing all the other things so I'd study at night and um and it took me 18 months and then I got my teaching credential so there we are and then it took me I think two and a half years because the teaching um field was very uh what's the word I don't know for lack of a word it was just very full and it was just extremely difficult. I applied for 69 jobs over a span of two and a half years. And I kept subbing, I kept going, I applied because the other side was insisting that I make money, that I keep applying and I had to submit to them all the places. You know the exact number. <laughs> oh yeah, they wanted everything documented and I had my spreadsheet and I applied as far as um, Tahoe and Truckee, which are over an hour away. I applied in Sacramento. I applied every place I could. I mean, I, I'm just uh, sorry to interrupt. I'm no. hearing your story and you know how we go through stuff in life and when you're going through it, it's such a stress. Like I'm hearing the story and I'm imagining you going through that because I have a son now, he's 11 months and being at home with the child while you're trying to do other things, it's like, there's, there's kind of a, a kind of a lack of understanding of how demanding it can be yeah. um, for many people. Many people do understand, but many people don't. And so I'm hearing your story and I have such empathy for everything you've been through. 
and that you've kind of survived like you're you're you yeah. know you resisted and I can imagine those nights where you just wanted to rip your hair out and you're just like how is this happening to me like I can just feel it was really it was very difficult I mean I was I mean the divorce process was horrific it it took almost three years of arguing I don't know arguing is not necessarily a bad word but not coming to terms nitpicking over little things and I would have to go to court and I would be you know <laughs> delivered these these emails that were just like made up like things that were not even true and more things being demanded of me by the other side I, I mean I remember one day I spent seven hours um preparing court documents in my house in my apartment because I didn't want to pay my lawyer they're you know, $300 an hour fee to do what I could do in seven hours. So yeah, there were um, times when I didn't know I would make my rent. And, you know, I was doing a voluntary reading club at uh, the school where my kids went to. And um, that eventually turned into like a paid position, but it was only um, an hour and a half a day. And because of doing doing the teaching program, I had to do, um, I had to, uh, what do you call it? I had to do student teaching. So you don't get paid to student teach, you go and help in the classroom. And I did that every day. And aside from my one and a half hours of getting paid, I think I was getting paid, I don't know, $11 an hour for that. So I'd maybe make, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars a month. <laughs> my parents helped out immensely. Otherwise there was no way. I could have made it. Um, yeah, you yeah, could have easily was... been in our segment of resilience. Like I'm listening to you and it's. It, it's... Yeah, and absolutely. What I remember you going through, we would be on the phone at times tearing up together. Oh yeah. there I, I would cry and cry and cry. I mean, it was really hard. The divorce was really bad and it was really hard. And it just kept going on and on. There was no end in sight. and. You know, finally, when I said I'm going to do my teaching credential, things got a little bit better, but that bought me basically two years at home with my kids and they were little. So that worked out. But, you know, you can look back now and say, oh, yeah, I did it. And you can just say it in a sentence, <laughs> you know, something that was so hard. Yeah. But that's yeah. the beauty of doing difficult things, you know. Exactly. And I, I think that's going to resonate so much with our, our listeners because it's it's a story where you can see if you're in the situation now you can hear this story and have hope right and if you're out of this situation you can be like oh man i can so resonate with this woman like it's 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 quite powerful to be on the other side well and, yeah. and just to put in context it wasn't that you didn't want to work but you also had this desire i i believe that to do something that you had passion in and you love mm -hmm. you love working with children yeah yeah because I could have gone back and done taxes there's you know ADP right here in my town but I was like oh that doesn't seem like something I want to do right now yeah. and it was just going to be stress and I mean everyone's job has stress right but that kind of job I just didn't feel like that was something I just wanted to pursue anymore yeah, I love that because both my parents were teachers and I have so much respect for teachers. It's such an amazing 
job. It's, it's, I think it's undervalued. If you ask me, there's so many, I, I don't know, you take care of our children. <laughs> like it's, it's so immensely important. And so um, I think it was very mindful of you to, to choose a path that, you know, is, is of such service to the world. Thank you. Thank you. I do enjoy it. I mean, it's fun. Sometimes they drive me cuckoo and (laughs) and they know it, (laughs) but then sometimes I can just, I mean, just yesterday I was like, oh my God, these kids are driving me nuts. They're not listening. And I just pulled out like some accent and it was like a Julia Child accent and they got like terrified, but they were actually listening to the accent. (laughs) And so um, you can have a fun every day when you're with these little guys. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So so we want to ask you, what role uh, does the concept of intentional living mean to you in terms of how you arrived at your second act as a school teacher? Yeah. You know, back then, you know, these kind of terms weren't really out there, but I see it more and I'm learning more about growth mindset and I'm teaching it actually to my students. And we talk about brain facts and how, you know, your brain is, is molding, you're making new pathways every day and doing difficult things is going to build a new pathway. And the optimum time to build those pathways is under 10 years old. But going back to your question, um, intentional living, I don't, I don't know if I had any idea what I was doing. I just knew I had to get through it and work really hard. And I had a goal and I said, you know, I, I mean, the option of giving up was just not there, you know? And so I, I was like, okay, well, I have to do this. And what do I need to do to get this done? And I did. I mean, I didn't have a social life while I was doing my teaching credential. I didn't drink. I didn't have a social life. I didn't go anywhere. I would drive my friends places and I'd pick them up. I'd be their driver, but I wouldn't actually go uh, yeah, I, yeah I recall the level of discipline you put into it, but also just going back to intentional living. Swathi, I remember you also had this in, intuitive understanding, even for your daughters, you would pick up things and teach them and read. So it seems like it almost came naturally to you. Yeah, I mean, I was always interested in little kids and babies. And, you know, I started reading to Alina before she was born because I had seen something like decades earlier when I was a child about a a woman from China who read to her child when he was in the womb. And he just, I don't know, he connected with her. And there is connection. There's power in, in a mother's voice. There's power. These children remember their mother's voice. They remember how the mother walks. That's why they love being close to their mothers. Um, but yeah, I always love things with little kids. I mean, it, it used to make me so happy to volunteer. And I'd go into a preschool when my kids were pre- in preschool. I just would be so happy just being there. And I don't know, it just connected with me. And yeah. Um, just the fact that you chose um, teaching as opposed to what you had gone to school for, mm-hmm. I think that's that's a lot of intention there as well. Yeah, I never thought when I was in high school that I'm going to go be a teacher. I wanted to be a chemist. I never thought when I was little that I would be a teacher, you know, 
but looking back, everyone sees it. They're like, oh yeah, I used to give me those horrible spelling tests. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, everyone, you know, plays house or school or whatever when they're growing up. You don't think anything of it. But I used to just sit there and read the dictionary and do things. I don't know. Weird things. We all do weird things. But. Well, I remember us in college, you, you already had this aptitude of really organization and organizing information, whether it came for accounting and budget or just the way you, you picked up information in college. Oh, thank you. And she's got the most impeccable handwriting in the world. Oh, yeah, that's that. My mom also has a really nice handwriting and she was a, a teacher. Yeah. I, I just had really good teachers when I was a kid. I mean, it's nothing that I think I had any extra talent. I just had really, really good teachers. Well, speaking of talents, talents, Shilpa has told me about awards you've won. I know you're probably too humble to, to speak oh. of them. Maybe, um, maybe you better you let her blush. <laughs> I don't know any awards you're talking about. It must have come easy for you um, based on how Shilpa is talking about it and, and how natural you were at it when you were younger. Um, and then being awarded many different, uh, I guess, titles or, you know. I think you mentioned some things um, or maybe not like <laughs> to brag, but you, awards as a teacher or recognitions. Yeah. Um, yeah, my school, I mean, schools vote for their teacher of the year. And I was awarded teacher of the year a few years ago. And that was really nice. It felt yeah. really good, you know. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Was it, did it happen like several years in a row or something? No, no, just, just one year. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I have these connections in the teaching world in my community and the parents of my students. And I got like a symphony to come play for us. And cause one of my students' parents is a musician with the professional symphony. I also got um, one of the, I don't know her title. She, I don't know if she's president of the Gate Association um, that's gifted and talented education to come to my classroom and give special uh, training to us for free which never happens. And that was amazing. And um, I go to the escape conferences every year to learn new things. And I don't know. Yeah, you're I mean, invested I, the right time. Yeah. Yeah, your energy is invested in the right places. And you seem to have um, ease in connecting with people, which is always a plus. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't, <laughs> I feel like I'm very awkward with adults, but I'm actually much better with kids. So Aww. that's Aww. a bonus. <laughs> Well, Swati, maybe you can share um, for our audience, I think I know some of this, but what forms of mindfulness modalities do you personally practice and also utilize when working with your students? Uh Um, So I have different things I do. I don't know, you might've seen these cards. Let me go grab them. You might have these, Shopa. Have you seen these? Oh, I bought one of those. I have yeah. one right there. So yeah, I was yeah. I was trained in mindfulness. Um, and and uh, maybe for our audience, can you just tell us what it, the box is? Oh yeah, it's Mindful Kids and it's really fantastic. It's ages four to 104. So anybody oh. really. And they just have different skill sets they focus on. So 
this is one and I, I present these. And um, the first thing we do is look at the colors, the patterns, any rhythm or flow. We, we look at the artwork and then we look for details and then, you know, what's, you know, what's going on? How do you know? What's the evidence? And uh, who is he? Where is he? What time of day, season, et cetera, et cetera. And this skill is um, plant seeds of happiness. Well, that's the, the message and it's open your heart is the skill. And each card is colored differently and they have different skills. So on this one, it's a guided meditation. Some of them are standing, some of them are sitting. This one is talking about basically um, a word, you're thinking of a word that makes you smile like a butterfly and you're planting your word like a seed in your heart and you know, growing your seed and what does it become and things like that. Um, you know, focusing, which a lot of kids need is, you know, is there too. There's just a lot of things. We actually did one um, recently because, you know, these kids are very in tune with what's going on with the world. And I had no intent at all to bring up the war. The kids knew about it. And so one of the cards in here is about, um, it's like uh, sharing peace in the world. And I said, you know, you know, because, you know, kids started to go off on all the, the horrors. And I was like, you know what, let's just stop. And basically war is a disagreement that hasn't come to resolution. So we're just here. And you might think you can't do anything, but you can. We can send them good wishes. And, you know, we just closed our eyes and like sent good wishes of, you know, may everyone in the world be safe and happy and healthy, may families be safe. And you know, it was kind of somber, but sometimes the world is and these kids need to need to know how to deal with difficult emotions and difficult things that happen in the world. Yeah. And yeah, so that's one thing. Um, there's some videos out there. Um, Beth Kirk, Kirk Kerland is a good one. I show her videos from time to time. I've recently found Cosmic Kids. Um, and then sometimes like when I'm out of time, I just, I kind of practice one of the cards, but without the card, I'm like, okay, close your eyes. And, you know, I always have music playing and, hey, imagine yourself floating on a river and, you know, oh, you see a rock and on the rock is a bird and the bird is chirping. And now you go around a turn. So it's kind of taking them in a path. And, um, so we do that and. One of my favorites is the wise old owl and it's imagining an owl in a tree and you ask it a question and then you wait and the owl responds. And then the message is basically the wise old owl is you. You actually have the knowledge in you. You just have to pause and ask the question. So sometimes when the kids, <laughs> they ask me a question, I'll say, you know, ask your wise old owl, not in a condescending way, but go ask your owl, see if you can figure it out. That's a good one. I love that. I'm going to go grab those cards because the kids always give me a hard time. So, so and yeah. I used to make it more like steady, but now I need to go grab them because they're amazing. I really love I them. think I'm going to have to get that those cards. Yeah, I even bought some for my cousin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because some kids and, you know, uh, some parents, there's just so much pressure that they think that, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to do the right thing. They feel so indecisive. Like, oh, oh my, my, I don't have pencil, you know? And like, we got to teach these kids to solve problems. What are you going to do? Sit there for six hours with no pencil. 
you know? Okay, go, go ask your wise old owl what to do, you know? Or should I start on my paper? Well, go ask your owl. Should I write a complete sentence? Go ask your owl, you know? <laughs> like, really? So, um, yeah, it's, I think, you know, some kids are struggling. They have struggled to, to really take it in. And, um, you know, cause they really are fidgety. These kids, they've spent a year and a half on video games and they want this instant gratification. And so my job has been, I've been doing mindfulness for years, but it's really like, slow down. You can keep your fingers still. You can breathe and slow down and use your imagination. You know, it's really helpful. I don't know how much they're getting out of it. I can do my part and I don't know, hope for the best. Yeah, um, Shilpa and I could hire you for uh, for Omni and Tyler and just have yeah, you on. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> she, she's so gifted working with Omni for years, but you've planted a seed. And so while you think, is it making a difference? I would say 110% because you planted a seed yeah, and yeah. you're listening. Often, sometimes Omni will surprise me because <laughs> yeah, all of the people will be like, oh, you were paying attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's just amazing the things that you can keep learning, even at my age, you know, you keep learning how to teach better, how to do things better in a different way. You know, so many teachers are like stuck in like doing the same thing they've been doing for 30 years. They have their old, old files and they do the same, 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 same. Like they have the next year planned out already. They've already made the copies, but you don't know what your kids are going to be like. And, you know, they tell you that when you're taking, when you're getting your teaching credential, but you don't know it until you've lived it for a few years. And you're like, oh, this group of students is different than this group. And it, I mean, there's nothing, you can't predict how students are going to come to you. They're well, all also, unique. The, yeah, the pandemic alone is probably shifted some attitudes and behaviors. That... Oh yeah. And, and they're no fault of anybody's, you know, everyone did the best they could with what they had. Some parents were working from home with very difficult jobs in a new environment and um, their kids were there for the first time all day. <laughs> and they're just like, okay, eat whatever, do whatever, be on the video game. I have work to do. And my boss is waiting for this, this, this like yesterday. So they did the best they could. And, you know, and now it's like, even every day, I'm like, oh my gosh, these kids haven't been writing in a year and a half. They left school in first grade. So now I'm like, okay, these 10 kids, we're going to work in your handwriting because you're making your A's wrong and your B's wrong and your handwriting is this big. So we're working on it. And so I, I'm not getting to every single thing I used to do. I'm getting to what these kids need right now. Yeah. So we all have to have some grace with ourselves, you know? Yeah. And that um, we can resonate because Tanya and I have kids in that age group right now, that grade. Right. They yeah. went from being, you know, in a vacuum for some time from yeah. first grade and entering third. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and homeschooling. So we know all about that. It's just, uh, 
it's been a it's been a ride but you sound yeah. like you you've managed to um, deal with it with grace and with a lot of understanding for both the students and the parents you know um, so that's it's beautiful I mean Swati, yeah. as long as I've known you, you've always been like one of the most cheerful bubbly people with this positive attitude um one other thing I think um, the audience would love to know is you run and I think that's a form of mindfulness can you share a little bit about it because you're not just running sometimes you're like you have a coach you've done marathons you do marathons all the time I don't (laughs) I've done races but then so yeah running is very mindful I don't know if any of you run or you have some form of exercise that's therapeutic but I always feel better mentally after a run I don't know what it is connecting with the outdoors or just having that time to myself when nobody can, can need me in this moment, you know, like I am gone. And I, even if I have stuff to do, I'm gone, I'm outside, I'm away. And I listen to some really great coaches and, you know, it's just really good. Like, you know, you're where you are right now you're where you're meant to be. You're exactly who you are supposed to be right now in this moment and commend yourself for, for getting out the door because you could have stayed in bed or commend yourself and celebrate finishing something that you maybe didn't want to do. And, you know, sometimes I listen to stories of some, um, runners and, you know, their stories are just very inspiring. Like I listened to, a story, I can't remember his name, but it was a Kenyan runner who's now an Olympian, but he was in Kenya and got, all these boys were getting captured. You know, there was like a war going on. They're capturing the boys, putting him in these horrific situations and they planned their escape. And he was the littlest. So he had to be carried and the older boys carried him. And he didn't see his mother for like 10, 15 years finally reunited with her in the States. So I think when I think I have a problem, I'm like, look at this little boy, look what he did. He went to a country, lived with adoptive parents, never seeing his mother, no communication until one day, getting a letter saying we found her. So it's just, there's so many things that, you know, people can complain about. And I do my share of complaining too. But then in the end, I'm like, gosh, you know, I got it good. I have a job that I love in the school that I wanted to work at, you know, teaching the kids I want to teach. And I get to do this every day. So when other teachers complain and say, oh, it's okay for a Monday, I'm like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) You know, because some of them have never had a different type of job. And, you know, we get to kind of create our own thing here. And that's a really good segue for the last thing that we normally ask. And actually, Tanya, I think we almost forgot it on our list of questions. Mm-hmm. What insights can you provide to someone who may have been in a very similar situation? There are many women, particularly given the pandemic era where people are leaving their old jobs. What insights do you have for someone who's considering their second act or even third act? Yeah, pivoting, transitioning. Yeah. I mean... Like for me, there's always been clues, right? Like looking back at my past, like what I really liked. I loved neat handwriting. I loved, you know, coloring. I, I mean, just obsessed, obsessed. And now it's like, I never thought I could do any kind of art at all. And if you know Shilpa, she's quite the artist. 
and has always been. And even when Shilpa was doing art in college, I was just like, why is she doing that? I don't even understand, but she loves it. And I don't get it because I had awful art teachers when I was a kid. But like just me doing my own thing was quite lovely. So I always say, like, think about what you used to love when you were a kid. And this is what I tell parents, like, don't discount what your kid likes right now, because this might be their path. I mean, yeah, a lot of kids want to be an artist when they grow up or a writer, but don't discount that love that they have, because that could be part of what they go on to, to do. So I don't know. It's scary, but not scary. And um, but I have a quote up here. I'm going to pull it down. And you may want to share that one story that not only did she then discover at some point in her life that she enjoys art, she went yeah. to France, she went to Paris just for a period. And one of the things Swati and I have always had in common, which now overlaps with Tanya, is a love for anything French. And we loved it. And just in college, we just loved anything French. And then Swati went to Paris. Oh, wow. My dream came true. Um, yeah, so this is a quote. It says, the unknown is the scary part, but it never lasts forever. So when you're thinking about your second act and thinking, oh, I'm so comfortable, there's, there's not much good that comes out of comfort, mm. you know, and then you get to do something new. And yeah, it's scary, but we still have so much life left in us. I love know? that. There's not much that comes out of uh, comfort. No. Yeah. And yeah. I sometimes see people and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't think I could do that day in and day out. You wake up, you make breakfast, you sit here, then you make lunch, then you sit there and watch TV. And then I'm like, I don't think I could do that. I need some, something new. And, you know, my career is always evolving. Like every day I'm <laughs> thinking of something different to do. Even yeah. just and you're constantly learning. Like you were saying, some people get into a routine of what they learn and their career never evolves with them. However, as long as I've known you, you're constantly learning new things. You're going to conferences, studying up new approaches to being a better teacher, but you're life, a life, lifelong learner. Yeah, and that's what we want everyone to be, you know? And um, it's like learning doesn't just, when you graduate college and that's what a lot of people think I'm going to graduate college now I'm going to go to my job and do that job forever you know but you know we can see through the pandemic how things have evolved and people have had to they've had to adapt yeah that's what I was going to say if the pandemic has taught us anything is that comfort if you stay comfortable for too long you're going to get caught in a rough 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 waters once uh and it always hits you there's always something that's gonna ruffle your feathers or make you get out yeah. of your comfort zone so it's, yeah it's, and yeah. yeah for sure and you know i you know there's these universal concepts i teach in my class and one is time time is an agent of change so things won't won't stay stagnant they're always going to change and we find evidence of this throughout so many things in our day in class you know and change is necessary for growth. And, exactly. you know, we cannot be those people who are just used to routine, routine, routine. Routines are good for many things, but 
it's just having this open mind and I don't know. I mean, it wasn't, it was scary. I mean, things are scary, right? Coming into something new, but then, then think about the accomplishment you feel and the new, new places you can go. I mean, obviously if people are looking for a second act, there's something not too, super thrilling about their first act. There's a reason they, they're not that they're looking, they're thinking. So, you know, maybe I would say start off small and I mean, I don't know, think about jobs your friends do and think, oh, would that be interesting? And I always kind of like that. I always thought about, you know, doing different things. Tap but into maybe- your younger self, like you were saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tap into that. What did, what did you like? Yeah. And apply for jobs that you're not even qualified for because you know what? You might just get it. You don't know. I started off teaching at a job I wasn't qualified for, and then I became qualified. You know, I'm teaching these gifted students, but my my principal, he saw that I was really going to be dedicated to teaching the kids in the right way, the way they needed to be um, taught. And uh, he just had a lot of faith in me. And I think that's really important that you have this support system, whoever that may be, who has faith in you, who's saying, yeah, you should totally do that. And I wouldn't even like discuss things with people who are like those naysayers, like, oh, well, why wouldn't you, why would you want to do that? Don't you just like coming home at five and, you know? That's actually but- great advice, great insight to, to stay away from the naysayers and kind of just, you know, be very civil and, you know, but don't give them too much because they're going to try to burst your bubble. So yeah. And Shoko has always been one of my biggest supporters my biggest fan telling me all these wonderful things about me. <laughs> you need people like that. Absolutely. You really do, whoever it is. And those are the people who are going to get you through and help you get to your second act. Yeah. And absolutely. It's been an inspiration just to see the journey because I was there with you. I was there crying with you at times. I know. I know. But you know what? A man and you know, life has had its challenges for sure. Those weren't the hardest times of my life as I learned as of my life as I learned later on. But then I got through that too. And it's just always going to be that roller coaster, which is very hard to accept. And it's just hard because you, you know, I was just like so stubborn. Like I just want to be happy. Why can't I just be happy? Why can't just things be normal? But things just aren't. That's not how things, that's not how these these pan out for anybody there's always going to be something like you said the growth comes out of those moments yeah it does because then i don't know good things happen afterwards yeah you don't see it right away yeah i think that that some total of the wisdom with the underlying mindfulness approach gives you this equanimity to then i think um respond to life grace yeah yeah Yeah, and and it's hard but you know we just do what we can and carry on yeah thank you so much swati this was such an amazing conversation and you have such wisdom and we are so happy that you're able to teach the next generation to be mindful beautiful people who will then serve the world in a in a much better way. Swati, so. do, you, 
do you have a shout out to any particular person, like a teacher or someone that you'd worked with that you'd like to just say, hey, thank you for helping me? Oh, well, the principal who hired me, mm -hmm. Kanan Peterson, amazing, just, just supported me in so many ways of my life and helped me get to where I am. And he's, um, yeah, just, I will be forever grateful. And then my, uh, when I taught second grade here, um, Gina Bamberger, Leslie Gadosi, who are always by my side. My parents, of course, helped me throughout all the years. Shilpa, of course, <laughs> <laughs> being my <laughs> crazy best friend since, uh, I don't even know. We'll just say a long time. A long time. <laughs> yeah. And just, I don't know. I have my friend group now that, you know, is awesome. And we lift each other up and have fun. And I know I can look forward to them saying nice things and planning fun times. So, yeah. Thank you, Swati, for being our guest. And Thank you so much. Yeah. Have a nice evening. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in. Check out the links in the description and please subscribe, follow, and share. And continue to be omnipresent.